Order. Questions to the Prime Minister, Sir Peter Tapso. Question number one, sir. Mr Speaker, before listing my engagements, I'm sure the whole House will join me in sending our profound condolences to the family and friends of Marine Alexander Lucas, who was tragically killed in Afghanistan on Monday. We owe him and all who have lost their lives in conflict our grateful thanks for their service and for their sacrifice. Mr Speaker, this morning I have meetings with ministerial colleagues and others. In addition to my duties in the House, I shall have further such meetings later today. Sir Peter Tapso. I join the Prime Minister in his lament at the death in action in Afghanistan of yet another of our heroic young men. Since the uh, chairman of the Royal Bank of Scotland has publicly apologised for wrecking his bank, will the Prime Minister apologise to the nation for wrecking the British economy? Mr. Speaker, I, I, I'm, very, I'm very pleased to hear your order, order, order. Let the Prime Minister speak. Mr. Gray, Mr. Gray, be quiet. I keep telling you to be quiet and you don't do it, so perhaps I'll have to move to make a move against you. Behave yourself. Let me just remind the House of what the Honourable Member said last week. He said we should boost consumer demand, we should cut VAT, we should increase investment in public works. He said he was a Keynesian who believed in further borrowing. Uh, he persuaded me, but he didn't persuade his Conservative front bank. Colin Bergen. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Does the Prime Minister agree that uh, we should crack down on unscrupulous moneylenders, such as Mobile Money Limited, who recently sent a letter to a student constituent of mine offering to lend a £5,000 in cash with no credit checks and an interest rate of 378%. Her father was outraged. Does the Prime Minister share that outrage? Yeah. Yes, um, the, the Secretary for Business is having a summit today on the credit card industry. He's looking at excessive uh, interest rates that are being charged. We have got to have proper measures to regulate the industry where people are charging exorbitant rates and we'll take whatever action is necessary and I hope it will have all party support. Thank you Mr Speaker. Can I join the Prime Minister in paying tribute to Marine Alexander Lucas who was killed in Helmand Province on Monday. Our thoughts should be with, with his family and his fiancée at this time. And I think we should also pay tribute to the incredibly brave Marine reported in today's papers who rugby tackled a suicide bomber and saved literally dozens of his colleagues from death. The bravery of our armed forces is something we can all be incredibly proud of. If the government doesn't have a secret plan to increase VAT, can the Prime Minister tell me why did the Treasury Minister put his signature to it? M M Mr Speaker, we looked at... We looked at every option over the last few weeks, including, including options that were taken up by the last Conservative Government, and we rejected the proposal to raise VAT in favour of a proposal to lower VAT. And let me tell the House why. We looked at the 1980-83 recession, and we found out that when the Conservatives rose VAT from 8 to 15%, hard-working families were hurt. 
We looked at the 1990s, and when the Conservatives raised VAT from 15 to 17.5 per cent, hard-pressed families were hurt. And when he was advisor to the Treasury, they tried to raise VAT on fuel to 17.5 per cent. So, Mr. Speaker, we looked at all options, as the Chancellor said. We rejected the option of raising VAT. We decided we would lower it, and I hope the Conservative Party will support us. The Prime Minister. The Prime Minister cannot claim this is some madcap idea he immediately rejected. I've got the document right here. It is called, yes, the value-added tax. Give it back, he says. You can get it on the internet. <laughs> there go the dinosaurs. It's called, it's called the value-added tax change of rate order 2008. And it says this, ministerial sign-off. I have read the impact assessment and I am satisfied that it represents a fair and reasonable view of the expected costs, benefits and impact of the policy, signed by the responsible minister, Stephen Timms, 24th of November. It's absolutely clear they are planning a VAT bombshell, a VAT bombshell, VAT bombshell to hit every family in the country. Can I ask the Prime Minister this? Can I ask the Prime Minister this? And, and he should answer carefully. We may we may carry out some freedom of information requests. Was there a plan, was there a plan to raise VAT even further than 18.5%? Mr Speaker, I've said to the House we considered all options, but we rejected options. And I tell the House, I tell the House why we rejected the options. We rejected it because, as the Chancellor said on Monday, we chose the options that were fairest to ordinary and hard-working families. Now, the, the question is, do the Conservatives now support cutting VAT from 17.5% or are they simply the do-nothing party that would not help people in times of real need? So, so there we have it from the Prime Minister. This plan was considered even higher VAT. And the Prime Minister asked what we would do. I'll tell him, we'd freeze the council tax by cutting wasteful spending. We'd cut small businesses' VAT bills by 10 billion by allowing them to delay payments. We'd make sure that the loans got out of the banks by giving government insurance to those loans to get small business working again. Instead of sitting in Downing Street making up nonsense about the opposition plans, why doesn't he do something useful? Yeah. Everybody, knows, everybody knows that Labour are putting up taxes because there's a black hole at the heart of the public finances. Let me turn to why this black hole is so big. Will the Prime Minister confirm that his plans will double the national debt? Mr Speaker, first of all, on the national debt. The national debt, even after the difficulties that we go through, will be lower as a percentage of national income than France and Germany and Italy and Japan and almost certainly America. And the, me the, message, the message that the Leader of the Opposition is trying to communicate the message the Leader of the Opposition is trying to communicate is you can actually do something without spending any money. And the truth is his policy ends up doing absolutely nothing to give real help to families and businesses now. If he has a proposal, it means he would have to spend to meet it. The fact is they would do nothing in the end and they would leave the families of Britain without real help and support. And we are not going to take the do-nothing road of the 80s and the 90s. We are going to give real help to families and businesses now. 
is absolutely nothing stimulating about what the Prime Minister is proposing. What he's proposing is to borrow a huge amount of money to cut prices marginally when they're already falling and to hit every family with a tax bombshell in two years' time. What is so stimulating about that? I don't know where the Prime Minister goes shopping, but the shops are discounting by 20%, by 30% already. Let me go back to the question of the national debt. Let me read him the figures. Page 198 of the pre-budget report says that last year the national debt was £527 billion. In five years' time, it will be £1.1 trillion. It is a simple question. Let me repeat it. Does he admit his plans will double the national debt? Mr Speaker, we, we, we've published the figures and they make it absolutely clear that national debt in Britain will rise to 58%. It happens to be at the moment 58% in France and Germany. It will rise there. It is over 100% in Japan. It is 90% in Italy. It is going to rise to 70% or more in America. The question is, when you are faced with unique and unprecedented circumstances, do you take the action that is necessary? We will give real help to real families and businesses now. Now, the Conservative answer is let the recession take its course. I have talked to leaders in every part of the world and nobody is saying to me, nobody is saying to me, as the Conservative health spokesman said, the one person who's been guaranteed a job in the Cabinet, if there ever was one of the leader of the opposition, they had what, what the health spokesman said, recession can be good for us. Now I have met nobody in the rest of the world who says that recession can be good for us and he should apologise for these statements. The difference between my honourable friend and the Prime Minister is he has apologised. The, the Prime Minister has never apologised for saying... He hasn't apologised for saying it end boom and bust. Absolutely. Now, the Prime Minister quoted... The Prime Minister just quoted a very interesting figure. He said that the ratio of debt to GDP is going to reach 58%. Will he confirm that is exactly the same percentage it reached when Dennis Healy went to the IMF because the country was bust? Mr. Mr. Speaker, he doesn't seem to understand that round the world... Well, I, I'm sorry I have to give him an economic lecture every week because he doesn't seem to understand all round the world. France and Germany, debt in the late 50s. Japan, 95. Italy, 100. America rising very fast. This is what has to be done in a period when there's a downturn. The, re the fact that he even asks this question now suggests he wants to do absolutely nothing. I have, I, I have talked to every major country in the last few weeks and no leader is telling me the recession should take its course. Only the Conservative Party is saying that. The fact is, the, this Prime Minister has given us the debt levels of Italy and the accounting practices of Enron. <laughs> he, he, talks, he talks about wandering around the world. I bet he cannot find a single major country that is planning to raise taxes year after year after year because he's made such a mess of the public finances. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't the truth about the PBR this? It's not a response to the economic crisis. It's a consequence of a decade of his economic mismanagement. It's not about helping the country's economic situation. It's about trying to help his political situation. It's not about being straight with people. It's about concealing a tax bombshell that will hit every family in the country. Isn't the real lesson from this PBR this? The country is going bankrupt. He's been found out. And new Labour's dead.
the real lesson of this pre-budget report is that we are giving real help to families and businesses now. The Conservatives would refuse to give real help to families and businesses. We are cutting VAT, we are increasing the cash flow to small businesses, we are raising the pension from January, child benefit from January, we are doing everything that the Conservative Party opposed and everything that they would have done if they were in charge in a recession. They offer no help to hard-pressed families. They have abandoned compassion in Conservatives. They are no longer a credible opposition. He is the do-nothing leader of a do-nothing party. Order. Order. John McFall. At the Treasury Select Committee hearing yesterday, the Governor of the Bank of England made it crystal clear that the single most pressing economic issue today was for banks to resume lending to the real economy. And whilst welcoming the financial stability, he and his colleagues said it would come to nothing if this lending did not resume. But given the competitive environment in which banks operate, not one of them individually is willing to strike out on their own. Can I impress upon the Prime Minister the need to get them into a room and collectively and simultaneously ensure collectively and simultaneously ensure that they resume that lending that the £37 billion was given for that precise purpose and that their social obligation is an economic imperative for the country. I'm grateful to my friend. Uh, he will have noticed that uh, the Royal Bank of Scotland on, on, on Sunday uh, issued a statement saying that they were going to uh, uh, refuse to raise the rates for overdrafts. This is something that has got to happen right across the banking system. We are talking to the banks now. We hope that we can make progress with them. And the flow of cash to small business in particular will be helped by the expansion of the small firms loan guarantee scheme in the budget, the billion pounds for export credits, uh, and the deferment of payments of tax and national insurance that we have agreed that the HMRC are prepared to offer. Uh, and I also agree with the Governor of the Bank of England when he said that the action we took to balance monetary policy with the fiscal action in the economy was the right thing to do. Only the Conservative Party stands out against it. I'd like to add my own expressions of sympathy and condolence to the family and friends of Marine Alexander Lucas, who tragically lost his life in Afghanistan. As a member for Sheffield, I'm sure I also speak on behalf of the whole House and all, everybody in Sheffield when I say how horrified we were all to hear of the terrible abuse suffered by two daughters at the hands of their own father and hope that they, the victims, will now have the time, the space and the privacy to rebuild their own lives. Mr Speaker, in the pre-budget report, the Chancellor mentioned fairness eight times. Yet, as always with this government, it pays to read the small print. His VAT cut will benefit big spenders much more than it benefits hard-pressed families. His national insurance hike will hit millions of low earners. This isn't fairness. It's a betrayal. He had the chance to make our tax system fairer. Why did he blow it? Yeah. Mr Speaker, can I, can I also join him? in saying that the whole House uh, and the whole country indeed will be outraged by those unspeakable events that have uh, been reported as happening in Sheffield and in other parts of the country and will be utterly appalled by the news of the systemic abuse of two sisters by their father over such a long period. A serious case review is underway. That must involve all the authorities, social services, police and health. They have been in contact uh, with the sisters who are rightly protected for their privacy and confidentiality from, from the media. 
people will rightly want to know how such abuse could go on for so long without the authorities and the wider public services discovering it and taking action. And if there is a, ch a change to be made in the system and the system has failed, we will change the system as a result of the inquiries. Uh, can I also say to him about, uh, about uh, fairness? Uh, we have raised the pension by £4.55 pence, and we've raised it from January. We've raised child benefit to £20 and we've raised it from, from January. We've raised the child credit and the pension credit and we are continuing to raise that to take pensioners and children out of poverty. The best we can do is to continue the policies that have taken children and pensioners out of poverty and not follow his policies of cutting 20 billion out of the public services. I'm, I'm grateful to him for what he said about the importance of the independent review asking all the questions which must be asked. But on the issue of fairness, we once again have a list rather than an answer, misleading bluster rather than a real response. He, he, could, he, could, give, he could give permanent, big, fair tax cuts to millions of ordinary British taxpayers if only, if only he would close the huge loopholes like the £8 billion pension tax bonus for top earners, yeah, yeah. or the way in which millionaires can still receive uh, their capital gains on much lower tax rates than their, their cleaners pay tax on their wages. He could have done this. Instead, he has toyed, he has toyed with the hopes of the British people. Why has he let them down? Yeah. Mr. Seeger, he seems to forget we are giving real help to families, and we are giving that real help now. Now, he may think the pension is only £30, but I do say to him, we are raising the pension by a higher rate than many years. We're bringing it forward to January by a £60 payment. We're also helping children and families through this difficult time. The cut in VAT will benefit low-income families, and he should understand that that is the case. And as for the loopholes and allowances, every year we take action on loopholes, and every year we take action when it, when it, when it comes to looking at where there are abuses of the system, and he should look at the proposals that have been put forward by the Chancellor that will be debated in a few minutes. We are the party of fairness. A party proposing 20 billion of cuts is not a party of fairness. Dr Nick Palmer. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Does the Prime Minister agree that it is high time that the utility companies passed on the reduction in gas prices to people at home looking forward to the coming winter? Yeah. Ofgen will be publishing a report on this very soon. It is imperative that when the oil prices come down, that uh, companies are as quick to put prices down as they were to put prices up. Richard Bennion. Last week, the Children's Secretary said that we can't read the serious case review into the death of baby P because of a ruling by the Information Commissioner. Uh, this was a surprise to the Information Commissioner, who then issued a statement saying that the Children's Secretary had not been in touch with his office at all on this matter. Will the Prime Minister now approach the Information Commissioner so we can all read the truth that his Minister has sought to suppress? Mr Speaker, the, the Children's Secretary has just informed me that the report is confidential, but he's allowed the opposition spokesman to read it. Ian Davidson. Would, would, the, would the Prime Minister agree that the spoilt rich kids just don't get it? Yeah. Just, just don't get it. And would he agree? Huh? Would he agree that it's would he agree that it's easy, easy for those who've been born with a silver spoon in their mouths yeah. not to want to do anything? 
and that real people want some action taken. And will he tell us what he's doing internationally with other countries to get us out of this crisis? Mr Speaker, he's absolutely right that the key to this is action nationally and internationally. And I can, I can tell the House today that we've agreed with our international partners and particularly with Japan, which is the current president of the G8 and Premier Aso, that the next meeting of the G20 will be held in London. It will be held in London on April the 2nd. It will deal with the major questions of uh, economic action that are necessary. Uh, and I've talked to the incoming US administration uh, and President-elect Obama expects to come to Britain at that time. Brooks Newmark. Mr. Speaker, only three countries in the developed world have a bigger budget deficit than the UK. Can the Prime Minister name even one of them? America. Mr Speaker, this evening councillors in the London Borough of Merton will be considering Labour proposals to cut the council tax by £100 to help local families and to stimulate the local economy. Could I ask my right honourable friends if he would advise councillors to vote in favour of Labour's low tax proposals? Uh, the important thing at the moment is the Labour councillors and the government want to give real help to families and businesses now. The Conservatives have left people in a position where they have got no prospect of help now. This is a position that I believe they will live to regret because people do need real help at Christmas and beyond and we are going to give it. Yeah, yeah. Will, the, will the Prime Minister be reassured that all those millions of people who are suffering financial hardship because of, because of his mismanagement of the economy? The Honourable Gentleman is asking a question. It shouldn't be shouted down. Oh, the Honourable Gentleman. Because of his mismanagement of the economy, and there are millions of them, will he. Will he, will he Will he assure this House? Will he assure this House that in the inevitable cuts to the budget that are to follow his profligacy, that he will leave the defence budget alone so that British troops may continue to fight as they are? Yeah. Mr. Speaker, public spending will continue to grow, and we are not going to get in the position of the last Conservative government that cut defence spending by 20 per cent. Tom Clark. Mr. Speaker. Uh, can I congratulate the government in supporting the, in supporting the United Nations decision to add 3,000 troops to those serving in the Congo where many people are dying? Uh, in view of the need for quality troops on the ground in weeks rather than months, is my right honourable friend, the Prime Minister, in a position to tell the House uh, what the deployment time frame actually represents and what future contingency plans are in the minds of the UN in the meantime and will he accept, will, will he accept, 
that would ever other international... Uh, 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 one supplementary, that there's about four in there somewhere. Uh, Prime Minister... Uh, I have written to all potential contributors to a UN uh, mission uh, to the DLC asking them to contribute the extra troops. We have been prepared to put up extra money for that to happen. But I think uh, my, my right honourable friend, who takes a great interest in these uh, matters, will agree that the solution is eventually a political solution, not a military solution. And that's why we've supported uh, the UN envoy, uh, President, ex-president Obasanjo. That's why uh, Lord Malik Brown is in, uh, in the DRC today and in the region to all, urge all parties to respect the ceasefire. And I will reinforce that message uh, by talking to President Kadani very soon. Bill Willis. Uh, thank you, Mr. Speaker. Uh, next uh, Friday, I'll be visiting my local hospital to thank some 800 volunteers. To thank some 800 volunteers who uh, give their services free uh, to the people of Harrogate. They're like the army of people uh, around the country who offer their voluntary services, see their costs going up, but next year the whole of the charitable sector will see their income drastically being reduced. In the, in the statement this week, there was virtually no support for, for additional support for charities. How can the Prime Minister accept giving irresponsible bankers billions of pounds Absolutely. while the charities are on the streets with begging bowls? Um, yeah. Mr Speaker, in, in the last budget we did announce additional support for charities because we knew the difficulties that we were going to face. Uh, and that was additional support that was uh, given in April last year. And we will look again at this in time for the budget. Gun Ryan. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Um, can I welcome this government's investment in public transport? Would my right honourable friend agree with me, though, that in return for this investment, the public have every right to expect the highest levels of uh, customer service? And would he agree this is a matter of value for money for the British taxpayer? So would he further agree with me that train companies such as First Capital Connect who are planning to cut customer service levels at stations such as Enfield Chase should think again. Yeah. Well, Mr Seeger, I'm pleased to join her in saying that public investment is absolutely essential. Uh, and what happens at Enfield Chase uh, Station is a matter that I will look at uh, with her. But she's aware that the provisioning of ticketing facilities are governed by the rail industry processes. Mr Speaker, we continue to increase transport investment through the downturn. We will not make the mistakes that were made in the past. Simon yeah. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. The Prime Minister often claims that the source of the current economic crisis emanated from the United States. If he believes that, why then does he continue to use as an advisor Alan Greenspan? Yes. Ah. Mr. Speaker, uh, Dr. Greenspan spoke to the, uh, the uh, committee in the Senate only a few weeks ago. And he said that there were two mistakes that had been made that had to be sorted out. One, one, was, one was that the executives of companies had not taken the public interest into consideration in the way they should have. And we are taking action on that, but not supported by the Conservative Party, as far as I understand. And secondly, he said that people were passing on risk without responsibility. Now, these are two proposals for changes that he has made, and these are proposals that we are trying to introduce into the international uh, finan financial system. And that's why... That's why what he said in recommending these things is something that we've taken note of. Mark Lazarevich. Could I welcome the credit card summit which my right honourable friend mentioned uh, earlier on? Will he ask the Secretary of State for Enterprise to look at the issue of credit card checks, which is one of the most pernicious ways of trapping vulnerable people into debt? In previous years, these have been marketed particularly heavily at Christmas, and we don't want this happening this year. 
as, as we know, there have been a number of prob uh, problems that have arisen with uh, organisations that pursue Christmas schemes for savings and for credit card. I will look at exactly what he says. If you can give me the information of the company, the Business Secretary will look at it. Douglas Caswell. Yeah. The Prime Minister didn't give us a straight answer before. Will national, will national debt double to over £1 trillion under his Premiership? Mr Speaker, I said before the figures are set out in the budget document. And I also said, I also, I also said that the reason that Conservatives are asking this question is they do not want us to invest now to prevent hardship to families and businesses. What they want us to do is to either cut spending or not be in a position to help families and businesses. They are simply confirming they are the do-nothing party with a do-nothing leader and a do-nothing policy. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. Would the Prime Minister agree with me we should actually welcome the statement of the Shadow Secretary for Health? Because what he's actually done is expose the real position of the Tories. They don't understand recessions, they don't accept what happens, and we should actually refuse to listen to them as they are the do nothing party. Yeah. Mr. Speaker, I, I do think the House should know that the Health, uh, Shadow Health Minister, who I repeat is the only person being guaranteed a place by the Leader of the Opposition, said, interestingly, on many accounts, Recession can be good for us. Or order. I'm going to move on from this one. David Jones. Why has the pound lost a quarter of its value against the dollar since July? Speaker, as, as everybody knows, we do not give a running commentary on the council. And never had. And I, 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 do repeat, I do repeat the words of Lady Thatcher that to talk the currency down as they're doing. It, is, is un-British. Thank you, Mr Speaker. Can I ask my right honourable friend what steps he intends to take to keep construction workers at work building affordable homes to buy and rent in parts of the country where there's a real scarcity of social housing? Yeah. My honourable friend is absolutely right. We have advanced their public investment in construction and in other areas, particularly in social housing. But again, that is only possible because we are prepared to spend additional money now. And this is the real dividing line in politics. We will give real help to families and businesses now. They would do absolutely nothing to help people. After the statement, John Healy. After the statement.